0: Care/of.com. You know your body. Care/of knows science. Let's work together. Find the right vitamins, protein, and now collagen too, personalized just for you. Healthy doesn't have to be hard. We make it easy. Take a quiz. Tell us a little about yourself. Tariff is good listeners. Get nutrients that work. Get your personalized recommendation. Backed by science and delivered to you. Stick with it long term. Keep the conversation going. Kerov will adjust your as your health needs change, a routine tailored to you. CAREF will help you create a health plan with vitamin supplements and more that help you feel your best today and support you long term. CAREF is with you. Once you have your tailored plan, CAREF will help you stick with it, track your supplements, learn about how they work, and get new recommendations as your health changes all in CAREF's handy app. Say hello to your new healthy habit. Honest guidance. CAREF promises to be honest with you. That means CAREF will show you the research and be transformed about how established it is. CAREF doesn't pretend all supplements have equal levels of scientific evidence or traditional history because that isn't, in the, tr- isn't the truth, but CAREF will always show their work and tailor their guidance to you as an individual. Better Ingredients. Carib's Research and Development System team has traveled the globe so they can provide the most effective bioavailable and sustainable ingredients possible. They're transparent about their supply chain because they build products they want to take and then they deliver them straight to your door. SimpleSafe.com, whole home protection. Protection for every window, room, and door. Against intruders, fires, water damage, medical emergencies, and more. All monitored 24-7 by professionals ready to dispatch police. Everything you need to know. Experts choose Safe Home Security because it's named Best Home Security Overall by U.S. News and World Report and awarded by Popular Mechanics and more. Live Professional Alerts. SimpliSafe's monitoring staff calls you when trouble is detected and stays with you until it's solved. Dispatch faster with usual visual verification. Adding visual verification to your monitoring plan lets say, verify your alarm is, is real so please can dispatch faster. It's a lot less ex, ex, expensive Simpson cuts out the middleman and Markup so you get more security for less with no contact. Prepared for the un- the unexpected. Lose power, lose Wi-Fi. Someone attacks the system. Natural disaster. SimpleSafe is ready. Protects against fires and water damage. More than just intruders. SimpleSafe Pro's monitor against leaks, floods, fires, and more. Keep an eye inside and out with HD security cameras. For indoors and out, see what's happening all the time. Designed to disappear. The tiny size of simple size sensors to easy one-touch control means you'll never notice your security system. Detects people, ignores pets. Motion sensors use a precision human form detection algorithm. Compare your security options. Traditional home security monitored by professionals. 36. 36- Month contract monitoring costs $37 to $53 a month, hardwired, needs a landline, poor rating on Trustpilot, safe the better way, Monitor by professionals, no contracts, wireless, no drilling or landline required, great rating on Trustpilot, easy to set up yourself in no time. Here's how it works. Choose your security sensors, safe will walk you through exactly what your home Needs and ship it to your front door in under a week. Set up, set it up, <coughs> set it up in just a few minutes. No tools needed, or let one of SimpleSafe Pros do it for you. Census guard all your rooms and entry points. If there's trouble, SimpleSafe Monitoring Center will call you. And if, need dispatch authorities. More reasons to choose SuperSafe: Arm, disarm from anywhere. Forgot to arm your system. Need to let someone in? Do it right from your phone, anytime. Almost never change your batteries. Batteries last for almost a decade. In SuperSafe entry center is the best lifespan in the industry. Battery life may vary based on use. Alexa, arm my system. Use your system with Alexa, Google Assistant, August Locks, Apple Watch, and more. Keep an eye on cabinets, safes, and more. Secret Alerts quietly alerts you if someone uh, accesses private areas without sounding an alarm. Customized for your home. SuperSafe customizes the right system for your home's needs. Incredible range. Any wireless security system struggles to cover your entire house. SuperSafe can cover large homes with ease. Custom Alerts for friends and family. Set so up text alerts so friends and family stay in the know. Duress pin: If someone forces you to disarm your system, your duress pin will secretly alert the authorities. Meet the station. Beautiful. The brains comes with a built-in cell connection to rapidly alert Simple Safe Emergency Dispatch Center. Try it, test it, love it, or return it. Test it Safe in your home for 60 days. Your system arrives ready to work. No drilling, no or tools needed. If you aren't 100% satisfied, return it for a full refund. Simply so pay return shipping. Good morning. Hope you had a good week. This week's true crime story is uh, the death of Kaylee Anthony: murder or accident? Part one. Kaylee Marie Anthony, August 9, 2005 to 2008, was an American girl who lived in Orlando, Florida with her mother, Casey Marie Anthony, born March 19, 1986, and her maternal grandparents George and Cindy Anthony. On July 15, 2008, she was reported missing in a 911 call made by Cindy, who said she had not seen Kaylee for 31 days and that Casey's car smelled like a dead body had been inside it. Cindy said Casey had been had given varied as to Kaylee's hair whereabouts before finally telling her... But she had not seen Kaylee for weeks. Casey lied to detectives, telling them Kaylee had been kidnapped by a nanny on June 9th, and that she had been trying to find her too frightened to alert the authorities. She was charged with first-degree murder in October 2008 and pleaded not guilty. On December 11th, 2008, two-year-old Kaylee's skeleton was found with a blanket inside a trash bag in a wooded area near the Anthony family's house. Investigative reports and trial testimony vary between duct tape being found near the front. Of the school and on the mouth of the school the medical examiner mentioned duct tape as one reason she ruled the death a homicide but officially listed it as death by undetermined means the trial lasted 6 weeks from May to July 2001 the prosecution sought the death penalty and alleged Casey wished to go free herself from maternal responsibility and murdered murder her daughter by administering chloroform and applying duct tape the defense team led by Jose Baez countered that the child had drowned accidentally in a Found a swimming pool on July sixteenth, two thousand eight, and that George Anthony disposed of the body. The defense contended that Casey lied about this and other issues because of a dysfunctional upbringing, which they said included sexual abuse by her father. The defense did not present evidence as to how Kaylee died, nor evidence that Casey was sexually abused as a child. But challenged every piece of the prosecution's evidence, calling it much, calling much of it fancy forensics. Casey did not testify on July fifth. 2011, the jury found Casey not guilty for degree of first-degree murder, aggravated child abuse, and abrogated manslaughter of a child but guilty of four misdemeanor counts and provided false information to a law enforcement officer. With credit for time, sir, she was released on July 17th. 2011, a Florida appeals court overturned two of the misdemeanor convictions on January 25th, 2013. The not guilty murder verdict was greeted with public outrage and was both attacked and defended by media and legal commentators. Some complained that the jury misunderstood the meaning of Reasonable Doubt, while others said the prosecution relied too heavily on the defendants' allegedly poor moral character because they have been unable to show conclusively how the victim had died. Tom May described the case as the social media trial of the century. Disappearance. According to Casey Anthony, Nancy's father, George Anthony, Casey left the family's home on June 16, 2008, taking daughter Kaylee, who was almost three years old, with her and did not return for 31 days. Casey's mother, Cindy, asked repeatedly during the month to see Kelly, but Casey claimed that she was too busy with a work assignment in Tampa, Florida. At that time, she said Kaylee was with a nanny who Casey identified by the name of Zaneta Zanny Fernandez Gonzalez or at theme parks or the beach. It was eventually determined that a woman named Zaneta Fernandez got Gazelle did in fact exist, but that she had never met Casey, Kaylee, or any any other family of the Anthony family, nor any of Casey's friends. On July 13, 2008, while during yard work, Cindy and George Anthony found a notice, notice from the post office for a certified letter affixed on the front door. George picked up the certified letter from the post office on July 15, 2008, and found that his daughter's car was in a tow yard. When George picked up the car, both he and the tow yard attendant noticed a strong smoke coming from the trunk. Both later stated that they believed the odor to be that of a decomposing body. When the trunk was opened, it contained a bag of trash, but no human remains. Cindy reported Kaylee missing that day, July 15th, to the Orange County Sheriff's Office, during the same telephone, Casey confirmed the, to the 911 operator that Kaylee had been missing for 31 days. Sounding distraught, Cindy said, there's, there's something wrong. I found my daughter's car today, and it smells like there's been a dead body in the damn car. Case, investigation, when Detective Yuri Malik of the Orange County Sheriff's Department began investigating Kaylee's disappearance, he found descriptions in Casey's signed statement. When questioned, Casey said Kaylee had been kidnapped by Zaneta Fernandez-Gonzalez, who she also identified as Zanny, Kaylee's nanny. Although Casey had never, although Casey had talked about her, Nanny had never been seen by Casey's family or friends, and in fact, there was no Nanny. Casey also told police that she was working at, at Universal Studios a lie she had been telling her parents for years. Investigators brought Casey to Universal Studios on July 16, 2008, the day after Kaylee was reported missing, and after to show them her office, Casey led police around for a while before admitting that she had been fired years before. Casey had, was first arrested on July 16, July sixteenth, two 2008, and was charged the following day with giving false statements to law enforcement, child neglect, and obstruction of a criminal investigation. The judge denied bail, saying Casey had shown woeful disregard for the welfare, welfare of her child. On July twenty-second, two 2008, after bond hearing, the judge set bail at $500,000. On August twenty-first, twenty 2008, after one month of incarceration, she released from the Orange County Jail after $500,000 bond was posted by the nephew of California bail bondsman Leonard Padilla in hopes that she would cooperate when Kelly would be found. On August 11, 11 12, and 13, 2008, meter reader Roy Cronk called police about a suspicious object found in a forest area near the Anthony residence. In the first instance, he was directed by the sheriff's office to call the tip line, which he did, received receiving no return call. On the second instance, he again called the sheriff's office eventually he was met by... Two police officers reported to them that he had seen what happened to be a skull near a gray bag. On that occasion, the officer conducted a short research and stated he did not see anything. On December 11, 2008, Cronk again called the police. They searched and found the remains of a child in a trash bike. Investigative teams recovered duct tape, which was hanging from hair attached to the skull, and some tissue left on the skull. Over the next four days, more bones were found the in the wooded area near the spot where the remains initially had been discovered. On December 19, 2008, medical examiner Jan Garavaglia confirmed that the remains, were those, those, confirmed that the remains found were those of Kaylee Anthony. The death is ruled a homicide, and the cause of death listed as undetermined. Arrest and charges Casey was offered a limited immunity deal on July 29, 2008. Her prosecutors related to the false statements given to law enforcement about locating her child, which she which was renewed on August 25th to expire August 28th. She did not take it. On September 5th, 2008, she released again on bail on all pending charges after being fitted with an electronic tracking device. Her $500,000 bond was posted by her parents, Cindy and George Anthony, who signed a promissory note for the bond. On October 14th, 2008, Casey Anthony was indicted by a grand, der- grand jury on charges of First-degree murder, aggravated agri- child abuse, aggravated manslaughter of a child, and four accounts of providing false information to police. She was later arrested. Judge John Jordan ordered that she be held without bond on October 21st, 2000. Charges of child neglect were dropped against Casey, according to the state attorney's office, because as the evidence proved that the child was deceased. The state sought an indictment on the illegally appropriate charges on October 28th, Anthony was arraigned and pleaded not guilty to all charges. On April 13, 2009, prosecutors announced that they planned to seek the death penalty in the case. Trial. Evidence. Four hundred pieces of evidence were presented. A strand of hair was recovered from the trunk of Casey's car, which is microscopically similar to hair taken from Cayley's hairbrush. The strand showed rip banding in which hair roots form a dark band after death, which existed with hair from a dead body. Cronk, who discovered that the remains, repeated the same basic story that he had told police. On Friday, October 20th, 2008, a forensic report by R. Pod Vaz of the Oak Ridge National Laboratory judged that results from an air sampling, sampling procedure called LIBS performed as a in the trunk of Casey cars car showed de- chemical compounds consistent with a compos- decompositional event. Based on the presence of five key chemical compounds out of 400. Possible chemical panels that Vast Research Group considers typical of decomposition. Investigators stated that the trunk smelled strongly of human decomposition, but human decomposition was not specified on the laboratory scale. The process has not been affirmed by a Daubert test. In the course, Vast Group also stated there was chloroform in the car trunk. In October 2009, officials released 700 pages of documents related to to the Anthony investigation, including records of Google searches, of the terms neck breaking and how to make chloroform on a computer, access was Casey presented by the prosecutors as evidence of a crime. According to detectives, crime scene evidence included res- residue of a heart shaped sticker found in a duct tape over the mouth of Kaylee's skull. However, the laboratory was not able to capture a heart shaped photographically after some duct tape was subjected to die testing. A blanket found at the crime scene matched Kay's bedding at her grandparents' home. Among photos entered into evidence was one from the computer Ricardo Morales, an ex-boyfriend of Casey Anthony depicting with, uh, a poster with the capture "Win her over with chloroform. Witness John, Gen- John Dennis Bradley's software developed for computer investigation was used by the prosecutor to indict that Casey had conducted excessive computer searches on the word chloroform 84 times and to suggest that Casey had planned to commit murder. He later discovered that a flaw in the software misread the forensic stated and that the word chloroform had been searched for only one time and the website in question offered information on the use of chloroform in the nineteenth century. Attorneys and jury. The lead prosecutor of the case was Assistant Attorney Linda D- Linda Duran Burdick. Assistant attorney Assistant State Attorney Frank George and Jeff Ashton, who is the prosecution team, lead counsel for the defense was Jose Baez, a Florida Council of defense attorney, attorneys J. Cheney Mason, Dorothy clay Sims and Anna Fennell served as co-counsel during the trial. Attorney Mike Lipman, Representative George, and Cindy Anthony. Jury selection began on May 9, 2011 at the Pinellas County Criminal Justice Center in Clearwater, Florida because the case had been so widely reported in the Orlando era, era, area. Jurors were brought from Pinellas County to Orlando. Jury selection took longer than expected and ended on May 20, 2011 with 12 jurors and 5 alternates being sworn in. The panel consists of nine women and eight men. The, jury, the trial took six weeks, during which time the jury was requested to avoid influence permission available available outside the courtroom. Opening statements. The trial began on May twenty-four, two thousand eleven, at the Orange County Courthouse with Judge Belvin Perry presiding. In the opening statements, lead prosecutor Linda Drain Burdick described the story of the disappearance of Kaylee Anthony day by day. The prosecution alleged an inton- intentional murder and sought the death. Against Casey Anthony, prosecutors stated that Anthony used chloroform tubes to render her daughter unconscious before putting duct tape over her nose and mouth to suffocate her and left Kaylee's body in the trunk of her car for a few days before disposing of it. They characterized Anthony as a prodigal who killed her daughter for to free herself from parental responsibility and enjoy her personal life. The defense, led by Jose Baez, claimed in you know all. Open stems that Kaylee drowned accidentally in the family's pool on June 16, 2008, and was found by George Anthony, who told Casey she would spend the rest of her life in jail for child neglect and then proceeded to cover up Kaylee's death. By his argument, this is why Casey Anthony went on <coughs> with her life and failed to report the incident for 31 days. He alleged that it was the habit of a lifetime for Casey to hide her pain and pretend nothing was wrong because she had been sexually abused by George Anthony since she was eight years old, and her brother Lee had also made advances toward her. Bob has also questioned whether Roy Crunk, the meteor who found the bones, of, had actually removed them from another location, and further alleged that the police department's investigation was compromised. Bob has died to feed immediate friends about a child's murder, rather than a more mundane drowning. He admitted, to Casey that, he admitted that Casey had lied about there being a nanny named Zaneda Fernandez-Gonzalez, Witness Testimony Prosecutors called Jordan as their first witness and, and in, ha- in a response to their question, he denied having sexually abused his daughter, Casey. Anthony testified he did not smell anything resembling human decomposition in Casey's car when she visited him on June 24th, but it did smell something similar to human decomposition when he picked the car up on July 15th. Cindy Anthony testified that her comment denying that Casey's car smelled like someone died it was just a figure of speech. Bias asked an FBI analyst about the pretended test the FBI conducted a say if Lee was Kaylee's father. She told the jury the test had come back negative regarding a photo on the computer of Ricardo Morales, an ex-boyfriend of Anthony depicting a poster with the caption, went her over with chlor- chloroform. Morales said that the photo was on his MySpace page and that he had never discussed chloroform with Anthony or searched for chloroform on her computer. The prosecution called John Dennis Bradley, a former Canadian law enforcement officer, who does software for a computer investigation to analyze a data file from a desktop taken from the Anthony home. Bradley said he was able to use a program to <coughs> recover deleted searches from March 17 and March 21st, 2008, and that someone searched for those at com for chloroform 84 times. Bradley expressly belief that some of these items might have been bookmarked under cross examination by the defense. Bradley agreed there or two individual accounts on the desktop, and that there was no way to know who actually performed the searches. Canine handler Jason Forge, Forge testified that Jairus, the German Shepherd cadaver dog, certified in 2005, indicated a high alert of human decomposition in the trunk of Casey's car, saying the police dog has had real-world searches, numbering over 3,000 by now, <coughs> during cross-examination by his that the dog's research records were hearsay, Sergeant Kristen Brewer also tested that her canine partner bones seen the decomposition in the backyard during a search in July two thousand eight, however, neither canine partner was able to detect the decomposition during her second visit to the Anthony home. Brewer explained that this was because whatever had been in the yard was either removed either moved or the or dissipated. The prosecutor called Chief Medical Center, John Garavaglia, who tested that she determined Kelly's manner of death to be homicide, <coughs> but listed it as death by undetermined means. Garavaglia took into account the physical evidence <coughs> present on their main sheet exam- <coughs> on their main sheet exam, as well as all the available information on the way they were found. And what she had been told by the authorities before arriving at a determination, we know by our research that it's a red flag when a child has not been reported to authorities with the red injury. There's no there's foul play," Garavaglia said. "There is no child that should have duct tape on the lower part of his face when it dies." Additionally, Garavaglia addressed the chloroform evidence found by investigators inside the trunk of Casey's car, testing that even a small amount of chloroform would be sufficient to cause the death of a child. University of Florida Professor and for Human Identification Laboratory director, director Michael Warren was brought on by the Croskies to present a cum- computer animation of the way duct tape could have been used in the death of a child, which the defense <coughs> objected to hearing. Judge Perry, after short reasons to review, ruled that the video could be shown to the jury. The animation featured a picture of Kaylee taken alongside Casey's superimposed with an image of Kaylee's decomposed skull with it and another with a strip of duct tape that was covered with her remains. The images slowly brought together showing that the duct tape could have covered her mouth and no, her nose and mouth by a stated this disgusting superimposition is nothing more than a fantasy. They're throwing things against the wall and seeing if it sticks. Jurors were seeing taking notes of the imagery and Warren testified that it was his opinion that the duct tape found with Caleb's skull was placed somewhere where her body began decomposing. FBI print examiner, Elizabeth Fontaine, testified that in the shape of a heart was found on the corner of a piece of duct tape that was covering the mouth portion of Caleb's remains during ultraviolet testing. Fontaine examined three pieces of duct tape found in Caelic's remains for fingerprints, <laughs> and said she did not find friends, but did not expect to, given the months of ta- tapes and her man have been outdoors and exposed to the elements. Stressing that any oil or sweat from a person that could have would have long since deteriorated. Although Fontaine showed the findings to her, to so, she did not initially try to f- to photograph the hardship. And he's explaining when I observed something is. It- I expense I noted, and continued with my examination. During the defense's cross-examination, Fontaine explained that when she examined the sticker evidence a second time after subjecting the tape to dye testing, it was no longer visible. She said that other FBI agents had tested the duct tape in the interim. The defense called two government witnesses who counted prosecution witness testimony about the duct tape. The chief executive... The chief investigator for the medical examiner stated that the original placement of the duct tape was unclear and it could have shifted. But it collected the collected remains. Cindy Anthony testified that her family buried their pets in blankets and plastic bags using duct tape to seal the opening. Additionally, an FBI forensic document examiner found no evidence of a sticker or sticker residue on the duct tape found near the child's remains. The defense called forensic pathologist Dr. Warner Spitz, who performed a second autopsy on Kaylee after Garavaglia and had and challenged Garavag autopsy report. He called her autopsy shoddy, saying it was a failure that Kaylee's skull was not open during the exam- her examination. You need to examine the whole body in an autopsy. He said Spitz, saying that he was not allowed to attend Garavag initial this autopsy and Kaylee's remains, and that from his own follow-up autopsy, he was not uncomfortable, ruling the child's death a homicide. He said he could not determine what Kaylee's manner of death was, but said that there was no indication to him that she was murdered. Additionally, Spitz testified that he believed the duct tape found in Cali's skull was placed there after the body decomposed, pointing that if tape was placed on the skin, there would have been DNA left on it, and suggested that someone may have staged some of the crime scene photos. The person who took this picture, the person who repaired this, that put hair there, stated Spitz when asked by Ashton during cross examination, so your testimony is... The magazine's personnel took the hair that wasn't on the skull, placed it there, spit that it wouldn't be the first time, so I could tell you some whole stories about that. On June 21st, Bradley discovered that a flaw in a software misread for the forensic science, forensic data that the word chloroform had been searched for only one time, and the website in question offered information on the use of chloroform in the 19th century. On June 23rd, Bias called Cindy Yessie to the stand, who told George she had been. The one who performed the chloroform search on the family computer in March two thousand eight, the prosecution alleged that only Casey could have conducted this search, and the others because she was the only one home at the time. When asked by prosecutors how she could have made the internet searches when employ- when plum showed she was at work, and the answer said despite that despite what her work time, she indicates she was at home during these time because she left to- left from work early during the days in question. proudly alerted prosecutor Linda Burdick and Sergeant. Kevin Stanger of the Sheriff's Office the weekend of June 25th about the decryption in the software and volunteered to fly to court Orlando at his own expense to show them. On the same day, the judge temporarily halted proceedings when the defense filed a motion to determine if Anthony was competent to proceed with trial. The motion states that the defense received a privileged communication from the client, which caused them to believe Miss Anthony is not competent to aid and assist in her own defense. The trial resumed on June 27th when the judge announced that... Results of psychological evaluation showed as it was competent to proceed. Later in testimony about air samples, Dr. Kim Furton, a professor of chemistry at Florida International University, said that there was there is no consensus in the field on what chemicals are typical of human decomposition. Judge Perry ruled that the jury would not get to smell air samples when taken from the trunk. The prosecutor stated that they discussed Bradley's software discrepancy with Baez on June 27th, and he raised the issue in court testimony. Baez also asked Judge Perry to instruct the jury about his search information, but the prosecutor disputed this, and it was not done. Also, on June 27th, the defense called two private investigators... Who, in November 2008, had searched the area where the body was later found. The search was visited, but nothing was found. On June 28th, the defense called the Texas EQ search. Team leader who did two searches on the area and found no body. The defense then called Roy Cronk, who recounted the same basic story. He told police about the discovery of Kaylee Anthony's remains in December 2008. He acknowledged receiving $5,000 after the remains were identified, but denied that he told his son that finding the body would make him rich and famous. The next day, Santessa he had made such statements. On June 30th, the defense called Crystal Holloway, a volunteer in search for Kaylee, who stated that she had had an affair with George Anthony and that he had been to her home and that he had texted her, just thinking about you. I need you in my life. She told the defense that George Anthony had told her that Kelly's death was an accident that snowballed out of, out of control. Under cross-examination tra- by prosecutors, they pointed to her sworn police statement in which she had said that George Anthony believed that believed it was an accident rather than knowing that it was. After, in this report, Hollow reported George as saying, "I really believe that it was an accident that just went wrong, and Kelly Anthony tried to cover it up." She said he had had not told her he was he was present when the alleged accident occurred. During redirect co- examination, Bias asked Holloway if George Anthony had told her that Kaylee was dead, while well, stated publicly that she was missing, to which she replied yes. In his early testimony, George Anthony denied the affair with Holloway and said he visited her only because she was ill. He said he said the text was because he needed everyone who had helped in his life. After Holloway's testimony, Judge Perry told jurors that it could be used to impeach George Anthony credibility, but that it was not proof of how Kelly died and no evidence of Kelly Anthony's guilt or innocence. The prosecutor rested his case on June 15th after calling 59 witnesses for seven different testimonies. The defense rested his case on June 30th after calling 47 witnesses for six three different testimonies. Casey Anthony did not testify. On June 30th and July 1st, the prosecutor presented a rebuttal arguments beginning by showing the t- jury photographs of Kaylee's clothes and George's suicide note. It called two representatives of Cindy Anthony's former employee who explained why the computer logger show Cindy was at work that afternoon. She said she went home early and searched her computer for her information about chloroform. A police computer analyst testified someone had purposely searched online for neck and, neck and breaking. Another analyst testified she did not find evidence that Cindy Anthony had searched certain terms she claimed to have searched. Anth- anthropology professor Michael, Dr. Michael Warren from the University of Florida was recalled to rebut a defense witness on the need to open a skull during an autopsy. The lead, investigate, the lead detective stated that there were no phone calls between Cindy and George Deidre during the week of June 16, 2008. However, told the defense he did not know that George had a second cell phone. Closing Arguments Stay tuned for part two of the death of Kaylee Anthony, accident or murder.